150 years ago, I don't know, were there trans people? Yes. Oh, well, well, so there's been trans people forever. But it, obviously, you would get murdered. Mm. It's like there's been gay people forever, mm -hmm. but you'd get murdered. You know, trans is where gay was 30, 40 years ago. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Getting Back Up with me, Anthony Ogogo. And on today's episode is a little bit special because we have our first returning guest. We have the brave, the courageous, the inspirational Jax Feely. Now, Jax was on the podcast last season, season two, episode two. I urge, I implore you to all go back and listen to that really inspiring conversation I had with that young man. Jax is born Jessica. Jessica struggled her entire life. Jessica went into RAF. Jessica became a prison officer. And during that time as a prison officer, Jessica took the brave decision to transition into Jax. The Jax that I certainly, I love this dude, man. So funny, so charismatic, so inspiring. And, and Jax told us all about his story from Jessica to Jax last episode. Now, this episode is where I ask those difficult questions, you know, because last episode, it was all about his in, in inspiring story, and it is so inspiring. But this one I ask about the, the surgeries, the top surgery on the breast, the bottom surgery down below, did he get it done? Uh, how much did it hurt? Like, how long did it take to, to, to change, like, the hormones? Now, whether men and women get treated the same. Now, what's it like dating? Dating as a as a male now after living his whole life as a female to 28 years old. I ask all those questions and Jax, to his credit, was so open and honest. You're going to enjoy this one. So, without further ado, let's get stuck in. Jackson Feely. <laughs> So Jax Feely, no. not Jax. Why is it? Is what? Why, why yeah, Jax? Uh, so if you, it, it is Jackson, Jackson, whatever. Jackson, okay. Um, I can't get comfy me today. Um, <laughs> Mate, me too. Obviously, um, the steam coming out my ears. I know. <laughs> have you watched uh, Sons of Anarchy? I haven't. No. Well, it's um, it's a box set that I was like addicted to, but I heard, I first heard the name um, Jax. Well, there was a, the main character's called Jackson, but they call him Jax, and I hadn't heard that before. And when I was sort of going through the whole scenario of trying to like pick a name and, and you know, whatever, I wanted to kind of keep the J because it was important to, obviously I said, to, you know, I, I bring Jess with me, but. You made, you never wanted to kill her off, did you? No, no. And it was, I think it was important. I, I noticed my mom and she had this necklace on and it was the JN and the T. So I just thought it's important for me to keep this J. Um, and it was like sort of very similar to Jess and I really liked it and wanted it to be like quite unique. So it was just J-A-X or, you know, Jackson with an X. So it's, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And it's just very similar. Like Jess, Jax, it's, 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 it feels, it feels like home. So it's good. I mean, you are the first two-time guest on the Getting Back Up podcast. The Thanks for having me back. I've had world champions. I've had Olympians. I've had medalists. <laughs> I've had multi, multi, multi millionaires. I've had TED talkers. I've yeah. had people that have literally walked across the world, but I've never had a two-timer. I know. I'm honoured. I'm on it. I don't, know why you want, I, don't, I don't know why you wanted me twice, but yeah, we're back. Mate, well, you're going to do about five. <laughs> Mate, well, we've probably got over the, over the course of the years. I wanted you back for a few reasons. One, the last episode, you spoke so unbelievably well about your life, and it was about you. And I wanted to ask some like some, some trans questions because why get a trans person on yeah, the yeah, podcast yeah. and not talk trans stuff? But your life is so uh, you've got such depth to your life. You've done so much cool stuff. 
I don't want to talk about like your love life or your this, your that. I want to talk about you because you've got an amazing story in itself. Like, for example, when I had when I had Brian O'Driscoll on the podcast, I don't talk to him about you know, his sex life or when did he realize that he liked women or when did he lose his virginity. Um, because he, he's got an amazing story. So, you've got a whole episode about yourself because you are a stellar person with an amazing life thus far, and I find it very inspiring. Thank you. But now I want to talk about the, the trans stuff mm. because there's a whole world there. There's like a minefield. I feel people like are very unsure where to where to tread on this minefield in case they get blown up yeah. and get themselves in trouble. Um, so I'd like to kind of like dispel some myths today mm. and also learn about that side about you because I find it really fascinating. I'm really, yeah, really fascinated yeah. by everything, really. You so, probably will get some heat as well. Like you'll get people who, I'm not listening to your podcast because you've had a trans person on, or you yeah. Know. And for them, I say fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> and to those, fuck them. Mm. Like people should be coming here. This is the weekly dose of inspiration to be inspired by the guests I have on, no matter what they look like, who they sleep with, what color skin they are, what they identify as. Um, and people should be inspired by that, and also to be educated and to learn to grow life's all about growth and learning yeah, absolutely. and Muhammad Ali once said I may have said it with you last time Muhammad Ali once said he had he was very outspoken in his 20s about blackness about what black is and black being beautiful Muhammad Ali was unbelievable he was hated when he first came out he was hated Muhammad Ali was as he was Cassius Clay back then and then he got asked a question many many years later and he said if you have the same outlook on life at 50 as you had at 20 You've wasted 30 years yeah, of your life. I agree. Life's all about growth and growing. So with that being said, mate, let's go. Um, go for it. I guess it's over to me to ask the questions. I'm right? ready. <laughs> let's get the thing in. I mean, you know, I said to you before, my brain's quite scatty. I'll come and go and come and go. So these questions aren't, um, aren't any real order. But the surgery, right? the surgery, yeah. the transitional surgery, was it painful? Was it painful emotionally? Was it painful physically? Um, how much surgery have you had done? What is a transition? Like a transition from, from one point, from point A to point B. Yeah. But point B, is that the same for everybody? Or is point B, does that differ from different people? Where are you at on your surgery? Are you finished now? Are you done? Or do you have more surgery to happen to, to be fully um, transitioned? Yeah, just talk to me about that. So um, basically when people use the phrase, you know, have you fully transitioned or something like that, so that isn't actually um, correct, I suppose. You know, I would never take offence to that because people don't know, but there isn't only one way to transition. So some people, it depends how that person feels within their body, how dysphoric they feel, how comfortable they feel within themselves, what really affects them, what doesn't. So some people might, uh, for example, only take hormones and not have any surgery. Some people might have every surgery possible and take all the hormones and and need everything done, so to speak, to feel like they have transitioned. Okay. Some people won't. Some people will take hormones and only have some surgeries. It just depends on you, how it affects your life, how you feel about it. So obviously I can only speak from my experience and I can only speak from the perspective of female to male. Um, but for me, I have had, um, I've begun taking testosterone uh, approximately nearly how long has it been two and a half years ago um and and what form is that is that tablet you, form, i basically form? have um 
uh, an injection, like a one mil injection. Um, initially, it was like every month. And then what that does is you then get your blood work tested to get my body to a level of testosterone that the average 30 year old male would have. Mm. Um, so that would just that will keep getting tested, so to speak, every few months. Um, so now I take an injection like every 10 days. And then obviously self-administered or do you go? Yeah, yeah, no, I do it myself. Yeah. Um, And then what happens when you start taking hormones like that is that then basically forces your body to go through puberty. So I'm kind of like, say, nearly like midway through what a teenage boy would go through. So just like, Mm. you know, um, so basically for the first five years, you're basically going through puberty again. So with testosterone, um, that changes uh, where I grow her, the shape of my face, um, the sound of my voice, uh, where you store fat. Um, males specifically store more fat on the stomach, whereas uh, females hold it on like the hips and the thighs. Um, the way your emotions work, um, how easy it is to cry. So like I used to cry every day, cry at everything. Obviously I was in a bad mental place, but I, I used to cry easily or if I was really angry, I'd cry. Whereas now I ha- I, can- I can't cry. Like can't cry. Unless I'm absolutely like, you know, something really, really bad. I'll still get all the feelings. Like I'll still feel anxious. I'll still have like a lump in my throat. I'll, you know, it, it'll, it'll like come up. Like I need to cry. Like I need to get it out. And then it just won't. It'll like suck back in. I'm like, oh, suck back in. Do you know what I mean? It's like it'll go back, and I'm like, no, get out. Like I need to release it. Um, so I still get all those feelings, but for me, that's why I say testosterone saved my life because before, I I could not manage my emotions. I was an emotional wreck. Like I was, I was up and down like a bottle of pop. You know, I was angry. I was, I was upset. I was what, whatever. And part of that is obviously mental health issues, but a lot of it. It's unbelievable how much hormones form your personality because a few months ago, I my testosterone levels shot up. And what happens then is, um, you know, for example, if I'm, if um if a if a man takes steroids for a long period of time, if you take too much, it'll your body then starts producing estrogen, which then causes things like gynomastia, where they get like little lumps under the nipples and stuff like that can affect your emotions so my testosterone went too high which then made my body start producing more female hormones again which then started sending my emotions all over the place i then had to stop taking testosterone for a bit which messed me up mentally knowing that i was doing that at the same time messed up my emotions Mm. i quickly felt quite depressed um and messed up for a while until i got back on it because testosterone is really, really powerful in uh, improving your focus, improving your sleep, improving your energy, um, obviously your emotions and things like that, which is why now they're starting to prescribe testosterone for women going through the menopause because mm. they didn't acknowledge for a long time that women were stopping producing estrogen and progesterone and all these female hormones, but women also produced testosterone and they were stopping producing that, which which was why it was sending a lot of a lot of people absolutely nuts because you need that you need the, the you need testosterone so um it's massively helped me emotionally um and then with surgery uh so i um was lucky enough to be able to save up and everything i've done i've gone privately because the waiting list on the nhs for people to 
even speak to a psychologist to be assessed for gender dysphoria is um, about six years. Mm. Um, and people will take their own life because of that. Yeah. You know, and for me, I'd reached the age of 27 at the time. I needed to make that happen. Like I'd, I'd, I'd waited a long time um, and I couldn't, I couldn't not move forward. It still took me about a year to get an appointment going privately because there isn't the resources there. Um, and I did that to sort of get onto hormones and stuff and that cost me about, well, two, two £600 appointments. And then the biggest thing for me was to have chest surgery because it held me back a lot and it made me feel really ashamed. And I was taping my boobs down with um, like rock tape. So I was like covered in like blisters all over my back because I was just like constantly taping my boobs down. Um, and obviously like it can restrict your breathing and stuff, but uh, it can also put you in like a very dangerous situation, you know, especially in a prison or, you know, if you're like on a night out and then, for example, if you like end up in a fight or your shirt got ripped or like you, you can you can end up in quite risky situations or like to give you away, you know. Um, so my chest was something that really held me back that I wanted to really sort of sort out. Um, and I went to Miami to see a specific surgeon who I've followed for a long time because there's a lot of uh, surgeons who don't know what they're doing and they'll just sort of like cut you through the middle or leave you with no nipples or, you know, the aesthetics of it was really important for me because of what I wanted to do and I wanted to go and do all these things and build the body that I'd always wanted and I didn't want to just, you know, go to any surgeon. So it was important for me to go to someone who understood that it was important to put the scars under my pecs and mm -hmm. and you know put my nipples in the right place and and allow me to have the body that I've always wanted so that cost me um including like the trip and stuff about 15 grand and yeah up to now that's all that I've done um there's a hell of a lot of surgeries that you can get done in terms of lower surgery uh that is not where I feel like it needs to be right now for me to put myself through it. Um, there's a lot of risks. Doesn't always work. It's about four operations, mm. probably about 60 grand. Um, and obviously I had a very big skin graft to put something together. Um, How does that work? So How... they'd usually take um, probably a big skin graft from your arm or your leg. And then there's like four operations to it to sort of build something that is then effective and you can, um, something that could like get erect, for example, or be functioning or you could feel it or uh, we and all those things. So to, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, but to, to construct that and put your body through that, it's about four operations, which means probably like years of recovery and years of putting my life on pause that I'm yeah. not ready to do and that I'm not mentally ready to do yeah. because it and would just, no guarantee of actual work. And I'd no guarantee of it and it's a hell of a lot of money and I wouldn't be able to work, I wouldn't be able to do anything else. So the risk to my mental health is is too much for me to put myself through right now. I'm not saying it's something I won't do in the future, but I just feel like the process um, of surgery from male to female is a lot more advanced and a lot more further on than than that is right now. Mm. Obviously, it still, it bothers me, but I'm so happy in myself now and how I look physically and, you know, that I can present with my chest and how I am and all those things 
that that isn't my main priority right now. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's always ways and means to do different things. So, so those ways and means to different things with a little cheeky smile on your face. <laughs> so sex, right? So, uh, so you you were a gay woman. Mm. Now you're a straight man. Yeah. That's how you cool. So I want to talk about sex and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I tried to be a straight woman. You and tried then I was to be a, a gay woman. And now I'm a straight man. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay, even better. <laughs> Trifecta. What's better? What's oh, my sweet? God. Like, like now it's 10 times better. Yeah. Because I think sex, more than anything, is mental. Completely yeah. mental. And I, I've not spoke about this a lot, actually, but um, when I was younger, so probably maybe like 16 to like 19, I obviously really tried to be a straight woman. Um, like had boyfriends, like went through that whole phase. And um, without knowing it at the time and looking back at it now, I've I've put myself, I put myself through a lot of trauma because I was forcing myself to do something that I really didn't enjoy mm. and that I was pretending to enjoy and pretending and what i'm really like wishing that it was it was you know it was meant to be a good thing it was meant to be something that felt good it was meant to be something that you and it didn't and trying to fit in and trying to do that like i was put now it makes me like because it it was like i was uh because it was obviously all all like consensual but but to me now if you're looking at it it's like i was abusing myself yeah do you know what i mean yeah um so obviously that's not the best. Um, and then obviously as a gay woman, I felt better. Um, but there was always something missing, I think, mentally for me. And um, I like went to the doctors a few times. And I was like, it, like, I don't like it like it hurts. <laughs> you know, I, I was confused by it. And someone said to me once, you know, I think you need to see a, a, like a sex psychiatrist. And I was like, do you act like that's ridiculous? <laughs> and now, obviously, I know why. I, I, you know, I don't need to now, but I know why. Um, so now, obviously, don't get me wrong. Like it's hard. It's it's hard mentally f- because I have to feel really safe with someone because there's there's a lot of, you know, I love sex and I love people and I love intimacy and I love all of that and. I'm so happy in myself right now. And, you know, there's that energy that, that, you know, uh, so like, for example, straight women, the majority of them, if you said to them, would you ever be with a trans man? The immediate thought would be no, because you immediately think, oh, genitalia or body or whatever. If they've never met someone, have never, never been exposed to it. But since transitioning, I've only dated and been with straight women who previously would have never thought they would have been able to do the trans Really? Man. Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. Because if you think about so they, it... So, so you're, you're doing anything. So since you've transitioned last... Yeah, even right days, from the beginning. Like, right beginning. from the beginning. Still had boobs, everything. You'd only, you've only been with straight women. Yeah. And so for them, you're a step for them. You're very different to what they're used to. What's their perspective? Yeah, so... Initially, when I started transitioning, I was like, I'm a freak. Like, no one's ever going to want to be with me again. Like, I, I felt like this horrible in-between stage, like, alien. I, f- I felt horrendous. And it was so it was more, it shocked me more. But from what they've said to me is it everything goes out the window. I've been, I was always, like, terrified of them seeing me naked, especially when I still have boobs as well. I was, I have this fear that, like, they're going to wake up and think, oh, I'm with a woman, I'm leaving you know, like see my body like that. But if you think about it, if you're in a pub and you see 
if and a, and a woman sees two men walk in, they don't go, oh, well, he's got a penis, I fancy him. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, d- you don't think that, do you? You think, oh, has he looked at you not, like sexy or has he made you smile or has he charmed you? or Because it's all about like presence and energy. So from what they've said to me is, you know, you're so masculine and you make me feel like a woman or you make me feel really feminine or, you know, th- there's nothing that I don't see any part of you as a woman like at all so the the insecurity is obviously still there within me especially when it comes to like the lower half of my body but that's my fear and my insecurities but for them completely goes out the window like does not matter at all and i'm still in this but i'm like i'm like are you sure <laughs> i'm terrified but and it shouldn't matter because it's not that it is the energy like if you if someone fancies me and they don't know and then i say i'm trans that doesn't that's not going away like that energy, that that attraction, that chemistry, whatever it is, it's not going away. So my next question to you was this: romantically, when do you tell somebody that you're um, trans? So, if I met someone in a pub, for example, I I wouldn't walk up to someone and go, "Hi, I'm Jax, I'm trans." I don't feel like I should have to do that. No. Um, I don't say, "Hi, you know, I'm Anthony, I'm straight." Yeah, I have a penis, just so you know. You know, yeah. you don't do that, I do mean, you? It's, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's functional. <laughs> Functions. Never. You don't do that, no, do you? So I don't feel like you should have to do that. Um, but if something's going somewhere or you end up kissing someone or whatever, if I'm about to, I mean, I'm quite open about it anyway, but if it well, if I wasn't, and I'm a, I would absolutely tell someone if I'm about to be in someone's intimate space. Like I'm not What's just gonna, like, I'm not just going to go home with someone and then be like, surprise. <laughs> Ta-da! Do you know what I mean? I would never do that because people have a right, like, you know, uh, is that is that commonly done? Do you know? Is that I don't know. That, that, that that's my perspective. You know, hmm. people comment online like, "Oh, you, you deceive women." I'm like, well, I don't. <laughs> but okay. You well, know. A woman, if you walk into a pub or bar, uh, women are attracted to you. You chat with them, you flirt with them, and they like it. Then yeah, I think. Okay, so are you more successful romantically now as a man or a woman? And what is chatting up like? Like, what's it like? Is as fun as... So as a guest, as, 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 as you can tell, I'm giddy like... Um, Hang on, let me get my book out of chat line. So, <laughs> teach, <laughs> teach me. And I'm back on the market. Um, so uh, you, as, as a gay woman and as a straight man now, what is dating like? The whole flirting situation. Because last time we spoke, you said there's definitely a, a male bias in the world. You, you've experienced it, being as a woman and as, as now as a man. What's the dating scene like? I always find it really fascinating. Um, so I've always thought it's easier to like, in a nightclub, if you're a woman, you can pretty much go home with somebody if you wanted to. If you're a man, you can graft and it's still not. Do you know what I mean? I say that from maybe yeah. experience. Um, it's kind of... D- it's kind of different because I don't go out with the intention of sort of taking someone home because it's not my, like, be all and end all because I have to feel safe and, like, yeah. okay with someone. Um, so if I don't feel comfortable with someone, I wouldn't want to be in that situation anyway. But um, I don't do, I don't really do, like, dating apps and things like that because I just, it is because it is complicated as much as I don't want it to be. Yeah. It is It is complicated and it's hard and I like having... Uh, a vibe with someone I like having an energy with someone or, or whatever so um, it's hard but it's better because I'm happy and I'm comfortable in me and you know that only then makes you better at being happy around someone that only makes you better at flirting that only makes you better yes. at being yourself or charming or mm-hmm. you know eye contact because I'm not so insecure about myself mm-hmm. so that only makes everything better and then when I am 
you know, happy or dating someone or whatever, that that's ten times better because I feel ten times better. Yeah. But the overall uh, logistics of it are, can obviously be quite complicated and scary. For those that aren't fully, thanks, man. I really, I really enjoy hearing that. It's um, as you heard, I got really giddy halfway through that because it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to learn this this stuff. Yeah. It's like to to see the world. I can never see the world through your eyes or through your through Jesse's yeah. eyes. So to hear it, I think it's so fascinating. I yeah. think I said before, and I'll say it again today and many times, I'm sure. I think it's so brave. Yeah. Uh, gender and sex and gender identity and sexuality. This whole bit of a a whirlwind mm. for those that don't I'd like to think I'm I'm kinda woke a little bit, but I'm still not that woke, I'm still unsure. But someone who's maybe ten or fifteen or twenty years older than me who has no idea. Yeah. Can you please explain that whole the premise of all that the chaos of all yeah. somebody who's not, not sure? So I made a, I like to like make things simple because I think everything's overcomplicated. And I made a video the other week and someone commented on it saying you've just explained everything in like fifteen seconds. And what I said was people believe that sex and gender are the same thing, right? And they're not. So your sex is is what you were biologically born, um, assigned at birth. So that is pretty much it. So when you're born, a doctor looks at you and goes, that's a boy, that's a girl. No one ever actually looks further into the fact that there are a million different chromosomes that, you know, identify the million different um, biological sexes officially. You know, a lot of people are born... Um, intersex but they don't know which means that you've got like partial um both reproductive organs or, par or partial chrome or whatever chromosomes all of that i'm not a scientist but there's a million different things that you can actually be like assigned at birth but just through sight and your genitalia a doctor says you're a boy or a girl that basically is that's it so you just get told you're a boy or a girl gender is split into two things you've got your gender expression which is um, how you want to dress, how you want to act. You know, you might have a, a female who is really masculine. You might have a male who's really feminine, but still identifies as a male. You know, you've got women, you've got little girls who are tomboys or, you know, a lot of gay women, they, they present really masculine. They dress really masculine. They might act really masculine, but they identify as a woman and that's what they are. That's your, ex that's expression. your expression. Yeah, whether, you, you know, how you dress, how you act, stuff. Your gender identity is how you feel within yourself and whether that identifies with what you was assigned at birth. Mm. So for me, I was assigned female at birth, but everything about me, my mannerisms, how I feel, how I act, how I see things, how I dress, the majority of that is down here on this masculine masculine scale. So if everything, everything in my eyes is on a spectrum. Yeah. So you've got really, really feminine people and really, really masculine people, but the majority of people are in the middle. And the majority of women are kind of a bit more feminine and the majority of men are a bit more masculine. But people have got masculine and feminine traits and the more they express them, the happier they seem to be anyway, yeah. which is like what men are doing now more, whether, whether they're wearing nail polish or they're wearing like heels or they're wearing whatever. It's just expressing a bit of your feminine traits. So when you say that, of, um, I, uh, I'm dying to have na na wear nail varnish. Really? Um, yeah, like a nice dark green or like a burgundy or a black. And I just I just can't do it because I'm the governor. I'm a box on this. And whenever I see people, I was with somebody last year actually in, in the US. So I live obviously yeah, primarily yeah. in the US, as, as I said. And I live with this guy. And in the rest of them, I'm the governor. I'm big, I'm British, I'm bad, I'm an hard case. 
<laughs> and, and and I was with this like a, kind of like a wrestling fan kind of thing. Went out for breakfast. He had a real nice dark green nail varnish on. And I said to him, I oh, may like nail varnish. And he looked at me like I was, like I called his mum a slag. And and he thought I was taking a piss and I wasn't because his I yeah. his his perspective of me is a big bad. Boy. And then we had this weird breakfast, me, him and somebody else. He wouldn't talk to me. I felt well, I got done something wrong. The, 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 our mate was like a mutual friend was kind of like, like he's old he doesn't, doesn't really get it that was weird so in short mate everyone's got a bit of like yeah, yeah like yeah. they're on the special yeah because that's what it is it's and just expressing yourself my roommate my old roommate Darian he was like he believes <laughs> he believes everyone's man even everyone's, everyone's a little bit gay mm. I was like Nah, but what do you mean so everyone's on the spectrum he generally believes everyone's on the spectrum somewhere everyone's a little bit gay but I, I, I'm, I'm not. I said, yeah, but you know, everyone's a little bit gay. And I was like, and I don't fully believe that, but I believe there are, like, yeah, you can, yeah, I believe there is, like, a, a fluidity to it. Yeah, to, what, to to your expression and, and how you feel and whatever, there is, there's absolutely... I can see a man and people go, change, you know. People are sometimes really feminine and they'll, they'll grow up and they'll become really masculine or whatever and they'll just sort of fluctuate and mm. that's all right. Mm. I, I can see a dude and go, he's a good-looking dude. He's a really handsome guy. Yeah. Doesn't mean I want to fuck him, but he's a handsome yeah. guy, right? And that's, I think, I guess that's where, like, yeah. I sit on this spectrum. I can go, oh, I can, like, women, women go, oh, you're so pretty, so pretty. Rarely does a man go, handsome, <laughs> <Yeah>. mate. <laughs> you're an handsome dude. I often do that because I've done my yeah. job in the house for the women, so I am quite, I'm not feminine, I'm, I'm very masculine, but, like, I'm in tune with my feminine. I'm not scared of my feminine side. So yeah, I'm very yeah, sure yeah. of myself. And yeah, and that's the thing. Means. There's a lot of insecurity with it. And people also think that gender identity and gender expression are the same as sexuality. And that's completely different. Like your gender identity is completely different to your to who you're attracted to. This is how you feel. This is who you fancy. Mm. So why people get so het up about thinking they're the same thing, especially within like education and children and like you're teaching our kids about sex. No, just teaching them about gender expression. So let's talk about education because... It's big and very topical um, about when do schools, if schools at all, teach kids about your experiences and stuff. Mm. What's your perspective on that? I agree with the education being there because that's how the world is changing. You know, there's generations of people who have been brought up in a certain way and and that generation is slowly sort of, go, well, dying out so to speak not to be as harsh but the more as, as time as time goes on like as time goes on those beliefs will will um leave do, do you know what i mean because people are being brought up like that the thing well, it's is it's a very different world now to 50 years ago isn't yeah it? like everything changes and some things are stuck and that's what yeah. i don't understand because life again it's, it's fluid yeah it moves always evolving therefore um, I mentioned earlier to Kane Kawasaki, the the, the, the black uh, cultural commentator that we spoke about. He's like, race always changes. It mm. always evolves. Therefore, the learnings behind it should always be evolved. Hence, he left teaching to educate himself, his own his yeah. own syllabus on, on TikTok because he can now control what he wants to teach. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, we haven't, 150 years ago, I don't know, were there trans people? Yes. Oh, oh, oh. So there's been trans people forever. But it, obviously, you would get murdered. 
Mm. It's like there's been gay people forever, mm-hmm. but you'd get murdered. You know, trans is where gay was 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. So when everyone was like, oh, you know, you'll give us age, you'll give you this disease, you're paedophiles, you're this, you're that. Everyone's attacking trans people now for all of those things. In another 20 years, it'll be somebody else. Because people think about education and schools and go, well, you're teaching the kids about sex. You're teaching. No, it's just about teaching people that you are allowed to express both your masculine and your feminine traits. What I don't agree with is putting people in boxes and telling children that they have to decide what they are or they have to, you know, there's no need to pressure your child or your student or whatever. You have to identify as something. You have to be some. Just be you and just let you allow yourself to grow up And because what you like will change. How you want to dress will change. How you feel will change. Who you fancy will change. So people think that, you have to be in a box and then that's it. And then where the confusion comes in is those boxes constantly change because people are putting themselves in them. At what age should people be allowed to transition? In light of what you've said, people change, their perspective mm. change, opinion change, their desires and wants change. I'm very different now to, as I am at 34 yeah. than I was 18. Um, so... In your opinion, when should people embark on this life-changing decision to transition? Obviously, I can only ever speak from my experience. In my opinion, some people know from a really young age. I look back now and knew, but I didn't have the vocabulary to verbalize that. Didn't know what it was. Some people, you know, I've got friends who, um, male to female, who were trying to cut their penis off at nine years old because they knew, like, they, they knew, like, they, that just the feeling. Didn't know why or what, but that's what was happening. So hormone blockers are massive in terms of they don't prevent someone going through puberty. They just put you on pause so, like, say if you've got a nine, ten-year-old feeling like that, and like a, a nine, ten-year-old boy feeling like that, and they go on hormone blockers for three, four years or whatever to prevent them going through that puberty, to then be later on in the into the teenage years to go, do you really, do you still feel like this? Is this still happening? They've then not gone through a puberty of testosterone to then develop bigger muscle mass, her in places they don't want a deeper voice they can't then get rid of because everything, the effect of testosterone is irreversible. But wouldn't that 10-year-old after 15 still be 10 in terms of physically and really weak and, and, and childlike? No, because they'll still, they'll still, they'll still develop. I'm not, I mean, you, you might not be able to say them that long. I don't, I don't know. It might be like a two-year thing. I'm not sure. But it, it just gives someone a little bit of time before going through that puberty because once you've gone through that puberty then going through the transition especially male to female is hard so you do you are you saying that um if you know you should be able to make this make the transition even though you're a kid no i i don't think that putting children through surgeries and things like that is is okay like personally because you don't know you don't know for definite Hormone blockers are an option because it allows people to just give them a little bit more time before they've gone through that, which is then which is then hard to then reverse. Do you know what I mean? So 
and that's why like you know male to female it's hard because if you grow if you grow into a man your size and then try to mm. transition it's fucking hard mm. and dangerous and then you, you feel like you, yeah. you, you know it's hard so it just if if you have got a child who is expressing feelings that strongly and and does know which will probably happen more now because children are more aware of it and it's not something that everyone's like dead against mm. but big making quick decisions and things that you know big surgeries and things like that personally no i wouldn't put a child through that but i would allow them the time to figure it out and i'd stop them putting themselves in boxes and feeling like they have to pick something now just allow them to be themselves and express themselves because as long as someone feels safe accepted and loved they will thrive mm. in any environment yeah Nice, nice, nicely put. Um, going back again a bit to the emotion stuff with the testosterone. As a man now, do you ever struggle to, you know, contain your emotions? Like I, like I did earlier, we couldn't get in for forty minutes. To, <laughs> to, as a man, of the more testosterone, more, more this, more that. Do you ever go? Do you ever feel yourself acting in a way that? You don't want to I, I thought I would. I thought that's what the impact would be because the, all the research did said that testosterone would make you angry and make you this, make you that. But I think I was so angry before that it's completely mellowed me out. Mm. Like I was so angry before, whether I was fighting with prisoners or, you know, wrestling with my dad or doing something, I was like angry and had no, f and had like such a short fuse. And since transitioning, everyone says to me now, like yesterday, someone was saying to, to me in a pub, they were like, you're just so calm like you make me feel really calm mm. and i don't i don't know whether it's because i'm just happy or i'm just secure or whatever uh, everyone says to me now you're just so calm i never met jess obviously yeah but i like your aura thank I like you your energy. I like your, <laughs> you have you exude a calmness yeah people keep saying that to me and i don't think i've changed like i think i'm the same because i am but it's just not fake it's just not um like i'm not trying to do it anymore i just am mm. so there must have been an energy before where i was like you know ready to go all the time um so yeah i don't know if that's the same for a lot of people because the research i did said different but for me it's absolutely just completely mellowed me out like i can handle my emotions i can deal with things so much better and not a lot really affects me anymore mm. i'm just like okay <laughs> let's talk about uh the trans representation in the media so ricky gervais got himself in hot water and i, I love ricky gervais and i must admit it's funny. Um, it's funny, and I I found this bit funny, um, and that's why I want to learn. I found the whole Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner thing funny. I actually found that funny. Um, I didn't I I didn't know any trans people. So maybe if I'd had like a, a connection with yourself or yeah. other people, male friends, with, maybe I'd have felt a bit different about it. Um, and I I like his I like his take on people finding offence with certain things. I, I like how a joke's a joke. And yeah. people can take offense from the joke. And he's got some really interesting Sorry. stuff about the power of speech. Yeah. Um, but with this, I wanted to see how, how this made you feel and how I know you can't talk for the whole trans community, but something he got in hot water uh, in, the, in the Golden Globe a few years back by making jokes about uh, Caitlyn Jenner, obviously previously known as, as Bruce Jenner. Um, well, like, what does that do to the to the community? And then he then he then he backed the jokes up at another Golden Globes thing on his on his on his uh, his own stand up. He he went in again. What did you feel when you heard that, those kind of jokes? What does it do to people like yourself and the community? The thing is, if there weren't such 
um, dangerous and vile views on trans people. And if there weren't such clumsy representations over the years of trans people, it wouldn't be so, it wouldn't have mu as much of an impact. So like, in my opinion, a comedian's going to go for every everything in the world. It Like, that's what they do. It's fair game. So like, just like in a prison for me, you know, if someone's going to call me a tranny, I'll just come back to you with something else because I'm in that, I'm in that environment where people will fight, will go for my weakness. So whether it's your slag, your dyke, your tra whatever, they're going to come at you with something. If I then every time go and put a complaint in and go, nick him because he's calling me this. No. Do, do you know what I mean? I'm not going to get anywhere. So I might as well just give it you back because it's just going to drain me more. But in terms of comedians like that, the the problem is because there is so there there has been so much clumsy representation in the media over the years where people hear the word transgender and they automatically think man in a dress because over years it's always been um, the prostitute who gets murdered who's the trans woman or the obvious big burly man in a dress who's the trans woman. If if there weren't such clumsy representations and it was represented in a good way and there was that really good representation and there weren't such backlash of it, they wouldn't people wouldn't get so hurt by something like that. I don't know the joke, but so I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer because I don't know what he said. Mm. But that's why I think there's an impact because we're still working towards acceptance and safety and changing people's mindsets. And it probably feels like, oh my God, you don't you don't understand that that's probably going to cause someone else to think that, and then it'll cause someone else to get attacked or murdered or or whatever. So that's the thing. It's it's the safety and the acceptance thing. If that makes sense, does it? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. So, but for me, I I agree. Like a joke's a joke. If you're making a joke, it, unless it's personal, like really personal, I don't see. I don't know the joke. Mm. But if you're making a joke about, he's basically just saying, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> he's quite clever with Gijabes. He's basically just alluding to her former life as Bruce Jenner mm. and saying, no, he was a man. He had big testicles and this, that, and the other, um, and. Yeah, he's, he's he's very clever what he does because yeah. he does it in a way where he's like, I guess it's called dead 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 naming, or right? Yeah, yeah. I think so, he did, yeah. So he like you know he referred to, her, and I think he did it initially as a accident. He's like, oh no, Bruce Jenner, um, or oh, sorry, Caitlyn Jenner, and maybe there's a little joke in there, but it was quite it's quite subtle. And then he got so much hate. Yeah, I guess he was like, oh f you, and he went on a big whole thing about right. it. Well, see, um, I like Ricky Gervais. He's funny. Like, I don't hate someone based on on a joke or an opinion or whatever. Because these things can change and you can always educate someone. Um, and it's not always malicious. The thing with dead naming, so that's a term that, that so some people who transition do see that person as dead. They, they, they don't like being associated with the name. They do, you know, ask their family to delete all memory and delete all of this. And for me, it's not the case. And for me, I really struggle with it because it's, it's part of you and it's yeah. part of everything and it's really, really hard. Um, but... You know, say if he was doing that, because Caitlyn Jenner, she's come out with a load of other shit about, you know, we shouldn't be educating children and we shouldn't do that. So the, there's always like, she's got her opinion and he's got his opinion on something. But from what you're telling me, he made a joke. He made a joke. If he then sort of carried on, if Caitlyn Jenner said like, I really don't appreciate that or whatever, and then you would carry on. Well, then it's probably transphobic, isn't it? Yeah. 
but because I don't know the context of it, in my opinion, comedians are going to go for everything. Of course. So it's fair game. But it's because I think of the, the there's not enough representation yet. There's not enough, there's not enough safety. There's not enough acceptance that then causes the fear and the uproar because say a kid watches Ricky Gervais say that and go, oh, well, I can, I can go and say something in school now. It's, it's the impact of the viewer because trans people are probably more in danger than, than they have been for a long time at the minute. The effect of, say, that joke having on someone who's then going to go into work or into school or whatever and think that's okay then leads to more of that, which is dangerous. Mm, yeah. People like Piers Morgan. Yeah. He's come out, he's some really controversial stuff. Yeah. What is his opinion from the, from the, um, the opinion of him from the, trans community how much has he set the trans community back I've, see i don't really tend to expose myself to listening to everyone's opinion in all honesty i won't ever sit and argue with someone like i will never ever um try and justify my identity to anyone like that's who i am that's you know in my opinion, what if someone said to you, what if someone said to you, you, what if someone said to you, maybe you've had it, you're not what you are, like you're not, you're, you're not, you're not a man, you can't be, like you've still got this, you still, you haven't got that, so like, what if someone said that to you and they're they're so staunchly, a staunch advocate of saying that you're not a man, say, so, well, what's your opinion when it's your child? What's your opinion when it's your dead child or a live child? I'm happy, my family's happier than ever. I'm happier, stronger, mentally, emotionally, physically than I've ever been. What defines a man to you? A penis. Because that doesn't define a man to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I'm fine. Like, it'll hit you emotionally one day. You know, you might you might put a load of hate on my Instagram every day, but in five years' time, you'll come back and thank me for what I've done because it'll affect someone you love. Mm. I've got tingles again, mate. <laughs> give me tingles again but that's the thing i i will never ever try and argue my my identity or i will always stick up Some, something happened to me in asda last night actually um in reference to this so i was in asda and I do, i'm not someone who like this is all i talk about and i always want an argument about it like that's not who i am like i forget i'm trans half the time apart from everything i'm doing like I, i'm just a, i'm just a ha happy person now I was in Asda. That's so cool, by the way. That's such a success story. You forget, you forget, you are, you mean, you, you mean this is your job. Yeah, this like is your that, work that's now. how it should be, isn't it? Yeah, you know, man, it's not, you know, yeah. it's just part of my journey. It's not all that I am. I don't go around thinking, I don't go around like wearing a mixed race on my sleeve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, just, I am. I, exactly. I, just, I just live my life and that's the way it should be. Yeah. So I was, um, I was in Asda picking some, like, look, trying to look for something on this shelf and I was next to these two girls. They must have only been about 16, 17 and they had, um, uh, I think like a, maybe like a two-year-old little girl in a pram with them. And this girl, I'm guessing she was talking about like college or something like that. And she was saying to the girl, well, he kept calling me gay. Talking about something like a, like someone had said that to her in a derogatory way. He, he kept calling me gay. So you know what I called him? I called him a transgender. So I'm like, they're like right here and I'm just looking, I'm just listening like on the shelf. And usually I'd just be like, whatever, you know, it wouldn't really affect me. And I'm just listening to him talk. I think you're right. And then I was about to walk off and then I thought, I'd just come from a funeral where I'd seen like about four people, well, loads of people who I'd not seen in years. And within five minutes of being in the pub, about four people had come up to me and been like, 
I absolutely love what you're doing. Like, I follow you everything that you do. Like, it's so inspirational. Please keep doing what you're doing. You know, like, it's fantastic. You're saving lives. You're doing this. So I'd had all these amazing conversations, and I'm listening to this. I'm thinking, right. And it's not a mass. It's not massive, you know, whatever they were doing. It's, it's a completely thoughtless conversation that they're having. But then I thought about a little girl in the pram. And I thought, actually, it's my duty. And... I owe it to that little girl to try and change your mindset. Yeah. And I thought, if I just go and have a go at you, which I ne- would never have done, it's just going to make them think, who's this dickhead? Yeah. So I just walked back past them. I went, girls, can I just ask you a question? And they both just like looked at me and I went, you know this little girl in the in your pram? I said, if she grows up and like says to, to one of you, I, f- I feel like I might be gay or I, I feel like I might be transgender, what are you going to say? And this girl just like looked at me in horror and was like, oh, well, yeah, I did say that, but it was a joke. It was a joke. I said, I said, listen, whatever. I said, if you was, whether it was derogatory or you were saying it in an offensive way or you, whatever you were saying, just think about who's listening. And I just walked off. And I rang my sister after it and I was like, I don't know if I've just done the right thing there because I wouldn't usually do that. But it just it just didn't sit right with me. And I just thought, I've got to try and hit your emotion here so that you take this home because yeah. that's what I feel for. I feel for the people around the people having these stupid conversations because then you're the person who they are never going to feel safe coming to. And instead, they're going to suppress the feelings. Instead, they're going to commit suicide. Instead, they're going to self-harm. Instead, they're going to try and live a life that they're not happy in for years. Instead of feeling safe and loved and accepted enough by their parents or their sisters or their friends or their colleagues to go, this is who I am and live yeah. their own truth. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderfully said, mate. Why do, last last couple of questions, but I've really enjoyed this. I think you've dispelled a lot of myths and you've really enlightened my perspective on, on, on this whole conversation, this whole topic. Yeah. Why are some people... I'm so angry about calling people by their preferred pronouns. He, she, they, them. Why do people get so upset by that and refuse to do it? I think it's just a massive lack of understanding. Obviously, when you've got people who have known you for a long time, those mistakes are going to happen and we have to allow people to make those mistakes. Um, But and when it comes to, say, non-binary, they, them, people struggle with that because it's not natural off the tongue. Mm. Like, it's not natural English. Like, people haven't been brought up with but that. Some people, but some people, I'm talking about, like, the maliciously saying, I know they're, I know they want to be called a they or, oh, right. or, okay. or yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, no, I'm not. No. My opinion is trans people are a representation of living a truly authentic life and having the courage to do so. And more often than not, that reflects back to a person that they're not doing that. And it creates just like, you know, the most um, the most homophobic people are gay. They just can't, they don't have the courage or the opportunity to live a life that they want to live. And I think that deep down, that's why. You might not be trans, but you're not doing something that you want to do. You're not living some way that you want to live because I'm just I'm just proving to you that it's possible. So if you want to live in that little bubble of anger, go for it. 
But I think that's why. I think that's what creates it because they just they've lived in a certain world and they don't believe it and blah blah blah. It's pathetic. So I just will not ever let them burst my bubble, honestly. Like, they just can't. I'm just too happy. I'm like, how can you have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, millions of people at Prides all over the world and then go, but that's wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, how? That's even possible. You can't have that many people feeling like that and then go, yeah, but it's not natural. Like, Mate. do you know what I mean? It's not. Uh, well, I get it. <laughs> your I'm genitalia it. does not define, define you. Like, if it feels good and it makes you happy, do that. Yeah. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters Mate, to me. If you're not hurting anybody, if you're not doing anything bad, live the way you want to live. Yeah. You know, worship whatever god you want to worship. Yeah. Wear whatever dress you want to wear, pair of jeans you want to wear, kiss whoever you want to kiss. Yeah. Like, just be happy. Just fucking live. Hundred percent. God's Mate. sake. Because you only get one go at it. Exactly. And you're has gone like, like that. If you want to be miserable, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I spent too long. Like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm sitting here chilling doing a podcast. <laughs> Punching microphones. <laughs> Mate, I mean... Sweating. That, that, it's hot, isn't it? It's hot. I've, I've finally calmed down from the... Uh, from I'm the glad incident. I'm a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, this is the second one. This 100% do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. World. And when I get mine off the ground, I'll be getting your mind too. 100%. 100%. Um, is there anything else? I mean, everyone knows where to, where, where to follow you anyway, but do you, if you want to say it again? Yeah. Uh, no, just, just Google Jackson Feely. I'll Jackson be on something Feely. somewhere. Jackson Feely. <laughs> is he in touchy, you know? Touchy Feely? Yeah. <laughs> good dad, good dad, man. I need, I need to meet him one oh, day. Oh, you love him. He's great. Touchy Feely. Mate, no, again, no, just, thanks so much for coming on. I've, I've learned a lot, and this podcast is all about getting back up, as I've said. Um, and also learning and growing. This podcast is going to grow. I want to get different people on to talk about their own like special subjects. You have, and obviously, and it's not. Every, we don't really. When we talk, we obviously do talk about trans. It's more just life, isn't it? Yeah. And we mentioned off camera earlier about transition. You mentioned something to me. I can't remember what you said. Um, maybe we talk my memory if you can remember. Basically. I said that it goes beyond oh, yeah, yeah. trans. It's just beyond tra gender, it's just yeah. transitioning. Like everything yeah. you do is about living authentic to yourself. Mm. If that means changing gender, do that. If it means coming out as gay, that means changing your job. Just being authentic to yourself, being with the right person rather than the wrong person. I mean, like yeah. honestly, everything you say is so yeah. powerful. And that means the world to me that you get that message because that's the message I want to put across. So thank you. Yeah, no, mate, you're you you're a star. Um, thank you so much for coming again. Uh, yeah, until the next time, <laughs> keep keep doing you, keep changing the world, one person at a right, time. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a huge fan of you and everyone who's listened to your this podcast and the previous one. I'm sure they're they're huge fans of you. So mate, keep doing it, and just thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you. I want to thank Jax for his honesty and humility in that podcast. Must be hard talking about the stuff we spoke about. I mean, the surgeries. Um, I've said it before in the last episode, I'll say it again. Such a brave person. Um, opening up his his wounds for, for the benefit of us. I think he's just a really tremendous, tremendous young man. And... He sounds so happy and I've spent a lot of time with Jax his last, last few months and he's finally living his authentic self and that emanates from his pause. Every single day he's waking up happier and more like the person that he he, he was he was born to be in his in his eyes. 
I thought it was interesting, some of the stuff he spoke about, the Ricky Gervais stuff, and some of the criticism that the trans people will get. I learned a lot from the episode. I learned an awful lot from somebody who lives it and breathes it and talks about it so eloquently. And I hope you did too. And that's what we do here in the Get and Back Up podcast. We inspire, we offer hope for those that need some hope. This is your weekly dose of hope and inspiration. And remember, like in this in this life, we all go through struggles, we all suffer setbacks, and sometimes we get knocked down. When you do get knocked down, there's only one thing you must do, and that's get back up. See you next week.